Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. Welcome back to She's a DPM. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Oxman, and I am so excited. Today's guests are Drs. Godoy, Dr. Irma, Dr. Joanna, and Dr. Heidi Godoy. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have a family on. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. I've, I, I have not, uh, interviewed any like siblings, but also having, um, your mother's also a podiatrist. So this is very exciting and you all work together. Yes. Yeah. A truly a, fa- a family affair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before we get started, why don't each of you just take a little time and um, say a little bit of your background, where you trained, uh, where you went to school, um, any interests, anything like that. Mom, do you want to start since you're the first name? Okay, yeah, well, I, I am from Peru. I was born in Peru and Joanna was born in Peru. So I was a medical doctor in Peru. We went, I went to the medical school over there and then one day we decided to come here and we just did it. <laughs> so in the beginning, when, and you know, when you come as immigrant, it's very difficult. So uh, the first 10 years or more, it was like, Joanna was going to school, getting ready until she was already finally out of high school. And she said, mom, I'm gonna go to podiatry school. So then I said, oh, maybe I should go too, maybe. <laughs> and so we decided that I have to go. And then like in less than three months, I got all my paperwork together from Peru and they accepted me in school and we went together to school. That was going to be one of my questions was who was, I know, I read that you guys both went to school together. Yeah. <laughs> the same year. Yep. And then it was you, Joanna, that decided to go first. That was going to be my question. Who pulled the other person in? Yeah. I, um, I got this pamphlet from the New York school because I was taking my MCATs and, um, you know, trying to apply to um, medical school. And, uh, I remember my, my, one of my good friends, Gabby, uh, she was in podiatry school. She had told me she wasn't, and this was before I even knew what podiatry was. I mean, I knew it was feet, but, um, uh, and, and I said, Hey, listen, um, you know, how do you like it? I I have this pamphlet from the school. She's like, Oh, that's my school actually. She's, and she says, you should come here for an open house. So I told my mom and my mom's like, you know what, let's go together. Let's see, let's see, let's see what's going on over there. So, um, we went together and I think that that's the end of the story. I mean, we, we went to the open house and then they, they made it look so great, which it really was. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I, used, I was a, pot, a physical medicine and rehabilitation doctor, and I felt like podiatry is a lot in common with it. There's a lot of common with the extremities and all this, most of the, the lower extremities. So I was, I said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so they had a, a head start on like the biomechanical and the anatomy. Yeah, 
at all those things. Yeah, and, and it sounded it was going to be easier, but once you're in school, it's not, it's not as easy as it sounds. No. I had I had the the advantage that I had the, the, the words and the anatomy and all this medical ground, uh, and and it was still it was a little difficult for me. I was almost fifty. <laughs> Where did you do your residency training? I went to St. Barnabas in New York. Perfect. Yeah, I was not too big about surgery. I didn't want to do much surgery. So, but I still had to pass a surgical path because otherwise you don't can do podiatry. So, yeah. uh, St. Barnabas was good. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> the medicine side is just as if not more important. Yeah. What about you, Joanna? What's your background? Okay, well, uh, I was also born in Peru. <laughs> um, so, so we graduated in 2005, right? And then I went to uh, uh, Scranton. Again, one of my friends, Gabby, the same, the same one that led me to podiatry school. She, she, was, she told me, oh, you got to come here. This, oh, this is a great doctor, Dr. Laporta. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. And I, and I said, well, let me go and find out. So, um, I mean, I went to different places to extern, and that was definitely the best place for me. I loved the little um, town of Scranton. It really felt like a homey place. Um, and to get the kind of training that you would get there, um, I thought it was amazing. So um, we, I did that for three years. And then um, when it was time to get a job, you know, my mom and I always thought that at the end, we were kind of going to work together. Um, but uh, she was also starting to build a practice in our old home. So it's going to be a home office. Um, but when we graduated, it still kind of wasn't ready yet. So I needed another job, like a side job. Um, and uh, my old professor, surgery professor, Dr. Kevin Jules, contacted my residency director, director and asked if anybody was looking for a job. And so then Laporta, Dr. Laporta goes, Joanna, do you think you would be interested? And, and, you know, and I said, well, let me think about it. And then I walked out and three seconds later, I came back in and I said, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I, I didn't think that there was any other better way to get my feet wet. And then also you have, you're able to see patients right away. You're able to do surgery right away. Right. Um, and you're building, you're teaching students, you're building lectures. Um, and it's something that I think I always kind of wanted to do seeing him doing that and being exposed to the things that we were exposed in, in that residency program. Um, I think it was always something that um, interested me. So, um, so we started off there and then uh, after, I was there full time for until 2016 until I had my third child. And then afterwards um, I decided to pull back. And so now I'm there, I'm still there, but I'm there part-time. So I do two days a week. Um, and I do full-time at the private practice that my mom and I built and now Heidi is a part of. Sounds like the best of both worlds where, yeah, you still got to be affiliated with like a academic center, get to teach. 
I feel yeah. you on when you're just coming out, starting a private practice and needing to see patients and do surgery right away. Exactly. Exactly. You don't yeah. want to lose anything, right? Cause you feel like, Oh Jesus, no. now it's on me. I'm going to be scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that what Joanna did was the best because she got not only all the, also a lot of experience there. Because yeah, even when she had already three years of residence, which were very good. Those in, in, in NYCBMS, there are a lot of surgeries that she's going to get more experience. So it was good yeah. for her. Very and it's good. not just even surgery, just seeing patients too. Yeah, seeing patients. It was everything. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And Heidi, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, so I graduated college in 2011 and I knew I wanted to go into medicine. I didn't know exactly what, um, our dad is a general surgeon. So it was kind of in the cards for me. I liked medicine from very young and I knew I wanted to do something. And then I shadowed Joanna, um, at the clinic in New York a few times. And it was kind of like a path. Everyone asked me how I got into podiatry. And I say, it was just the next step. Um, I don't have any big story about spraining my ankle and <laughs> um, really liking the doctor that tr that treated me. I just, it, my mom and my sister were doing it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So, so I did. We went to the same school, the New York school. Um, Joanna was my teacher. Everyone loves that. Everyone loves that. I do love that. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> um, she didn't, she didn't feed me any answers. My younger sister, if I was her teacher, I'd like look at her like while I was grading or anything. I'd be like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. No, Joanna, she didn't make eye contact with me. No. There was no eye contact ever. It was like yeah. we were in, we were in, in the same room. So then I, I applied to a few programs for residency and I went to Scranton also. So I guess Joanna's like my Gabby, right? I can follow <laughs> her everywhere. Um, um, and contrary to Joanna's love for Scranton, I wouldn't say I loved it. I didn't, I didn't love the city. Like the, the city is fine. I loved my training. Um, it was, it was an excellent experience um, from my co-residents to Dr. Laporta, um, who, you know, everyone knows. And I guess I never really thought about it, but being in a program with a director who does so much speaking and is just so well-versed in everything, it's, it's all I knew and it's all I know now. So I'm honored to have been able to be part of that. And, and really, in, I was one of the last classes that he was with in Scranton. So, um, so it was so amazing. Um, and then <clears throat> I did a bunch of research in, in residency. I have, have two publications. And, and then after residency, um, I really, from, as, from early on in my schooling, I really liked pediatrics. I liked my peds classes. I liked my peds professors. I loved the pathology clubfoot. I just loved learning about it and learning about the resiliency of kids. And to be honest, it was a little scary, but it interested me. So um I, I knew I remember being in one of my peds classes and the my teacher you know just talking about having a peds practice and me thinking this is what I'm going to do this is what I want to do this is amazing and um and I started looking at fellowships for that day I remember looking and there were no peds fellowships right like fellowships were still there weren't many back then and um <clears throat> and then fast forward to residency 
we spent two months at Sinai Hospital, which is a um, big hospital down in Baltimore, and they have a big pediatric orthopedic uh, presence. And I spent two months there and fell in love again. And the second I got back from my rotation, I told everyone I'm seeing all the peds in clinic and that's what <laughs> I would do. And my co-residents were happy because they didn't want to deal with, you know, the crying babies or the moms and the cousin, like, you know, the siblings. So that was what I did um, for my entire residency. And then I decided to apply for fellowships because uh, contrary to popular belief, I had no intention of joining the family practice. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't my, that wasn't on my path. Yeah. yeah. No, we knew it. I yeah. knew that. Yeah. 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 I, I wanted to, you know, he wasn't lying to us. No. <laughs> Let's like, just say that. <laughs> Right. I was like, I'm not going to join the family practice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a lot of money working for a hospital oh, yeah. or a big or big multi-specialty group. So I wanted to be competitive and I knew that a fellowship would separate me. And I was like, I got to do this. So, so, so I started applying to fellowships after residency, but the pediatric fellowship wasn't out um, until my third year. And I had already signed a contract so we'll get into that later but um anyway so uh, um so that's my little little speech on <laughs> my training oh, i i love that you guys all have little aspects of your training and uh, backgrounds together but you still have very unique of course pieces to each one of your uh journeys in podiatry for sure um which kind of already leads me to one yeah i know you already said that Heidi, maybe you wouldn't have worked in the family practice. So that was my question. Like what brought all three of you together in the private pra practice? I think COVID. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> COVID. Yeah. Really? That's, that's really 100% what it was. And like, you know, I know, I know COVID, I mean, it was awful, but, but uh, I think just the fact that it brought us together, I, I, I thank God <laughs> that, that, yeah. I did actually because I think it really worked out as far as uh, you know all of us um, just joining and and really doing this um, I don't know I don't want to say power group but uh, this dynamic that that it's a I power group. yeah <laughs> a family sure. power group uh, yeah female family power group that's right that's yeah. right female Absolutely. family power group mm -hmm. yeah well in the beginning with Joanna and me and I. We, we were not as pushy when Heidi came yeah. in. Oh my God, the whole practice changed. <laughs> it changed because she's the young generation. She is the, the computer with whatever. Everything is digital and everything changed totally. We I, I, was, I was managing an, an office uh, like Peru, like country thing, not advertisement, nothing. Heidi came and boom. Yeah. That's, well, what's your favorite aspect of uh, working together? We can just oh, talk. For me, it's family. Yeah. I love my girls. Yeah. It's really not, I mean, my, you know, obviously mom as a mom, she's always there for everybody. So no matter what, you what whatever time it is, you can just call her and say, hey, I have this happening or, you know, I mean, me with kids, my kid is sick. I have to bring him to the doctor. Mom, I'm going to be like half an hour late or, or um, just something like that. But even in 
uh, respect of, of, let's say, a difficult patient. You know, um, either she will show me some x-rays or I will show her something or just talk it out. Um, and it's really not anything where, you know, you're worried that they're going to be questioning you or, um, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I think with other colleagues, you kind of feel like, yeah. Some judgment maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With, with family, you don't even have to worry about that. You'd be like, well, yeah, I can try it the way that you say, but you know, maybe I'll try it my way or, um, uh, and you don't have to feel bad about that, or at least, uh, you know, I don't, I feel more. No, we, can, we can get, we can have this, uh, this, uh, we don't, we don't think about yeah. the same way, yeah. but we, we fight in the moment and then two minutes later, it's like family again and nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even see <laughs> fighting, it's like discussions, healthy. Mommy, take care of my kids, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, <laughs> yeah. having that like safe network to talk to, that has to be mm-hmm. really nice. So I hope everyone has that, but um. I know they don't. So yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you say the challenging part is. Um, oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. I I think being with your mom that can be challenging sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for me the challenging was when Heidi came in. It was too much for me. Too much computer. Too much. Heidi is high tech. Yeah, Heidi is high tech. <laughs> I think even now she's trying to get me to go into oh what's that that one freesia I'm like I, I haven't been doing my homework sorry Heidi <laughs> I, I feel like Heidi have all the the desire and the and, and the, the drive the strength or drive but she doesn't have the experience and she still needs to think about it and yeah you you want to have freesia okay, well you better think before (laughs) there's the there's um good in both aspects needing to you know move with uh what medicine is but also needing the wisdom and everything to to know right yeah 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 definitely well it sounds like you guys all have a special interest or specialize in a certain area Mm -hmm. um would you guys want to, I know Heidi, you kind of started touching that on with a uh, pediatrics. Is that like what your main goal is with, and with you building your practice? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, um, so I did the fellowship and it, it really gave me a lot of confidence and I learned so, so much in that year that I was there, um, as their fellow, it was, it was a different world, the pediatric orthopedic world. Um, it even down to the way they treat simple things, it's just very different. So not that anything was better or worse. It, it, it just opens up your mind to looking at things from a different viewpoint. Um, and, and that's definitely what, what I was there to do. And, and, in, in our practice, I see 99% of the kids, um, and, it's, I see a lot of most of the sports. So we see, it's hard to say, we, we do see a lot of kids. So, you, so we'll see the sprains, the fractures, um, things like that. But with kids, you're also going to see, you know, the athlete's foot or warts or ingrown toenails, things like that. Yeah. Pretty well-rounded in that yeah. regard. Um, 
but as as we grow and just in the past two years um we've become now a place where people know that i see kids and they they'll book appointments with us knowing that i'm the peds specialist so it takes time to get there i wouldn't say that um we're anywhere near where we could be <laughs> but uh but 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 it's still it's it's amazing um and if I could do everything over again, uh, the fellowship and everything that happened after the fellowship, um, I 100. It, it I wouldn't be here now if if I if, I, if anything had been different. So um, even though moms can be sometimes a lot, I, I love her and she's great and she, she's given us all of this. So it's so it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, jo Joanna, how uh, I know you're pretty active on social medias as well and have really ex exciting reconstructive cases. Yeah, I love it. So, I mean, the same, the same passion, I guess, that Heidi has towards peds, I have towards um, diabetic neuroarthropathy. Uh, you know, coming where I came from with Dr. Laporta, he definitely did a lot of diabetic uh, Charcot deformities. And I think just people going in there and um, having their be, being able to walk again and having that restored is something that really touched me. I did a lot of mission work um, even before I went to medical school and then afterwards um, and and just trying and just, so to me it feels kind of similar, you know uh, getting or doing something um, so that somebody doesn't lose their leg or bringing somebody back. Uh, where beforehand, you know, they were so close to just having an amputation. I think that's really important. Um, I do a lot of it in New York uh, because that's where um, it kind of sort of started. Uh, and now with the social media, I think I get a lot of people that refer me patients through there around the tri-state area, which is great for me. It's great for the residents. Um, and, um, and I mean, the patients are just so... I mean, they come in barely able to walk. They've been told already by several other doctors, you're probably gonna have an amputation. Um, and I, 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 never, I never guarantee them anything and I never make promises um, of, you know, they're gonna, that I can't keep. But I, I tell them, listen, I'm gonna fight for your foot. And if you're gonna fight right there with me, then, then we'll do it. And I think that's when things kind of work out more than, um, you know, if, if you don't talk to them. So they're seeing, I, I get at least two to three new consults uh, a week and I'm only there for clinic one day a week. Um, and then I see, uh, I do surgery one day a week as well. Um, so all of Monday, it's all my surgery. I book two to three cases. Most of them are um, Charcot. Some of them, um, I, I barely get any uh, four foot cases, even though, um, you know, I do do some um, bunions and things of that sort, but most of them are frames, putting on frames, taking off frames, nailing, um, just just the reconstruction part of it, you know, and it's just so rewarding at the end when you see a patient walk that hasn't been walking for like over a year. Um, to me, that makes me feel good. I, I love uh, following you on social media because it is, <laughs> it just, it's, uh, such, I, I have a similar pet passion I would say like yeah. nerves and like reconstruction and it just really um 
very exciting also just to see another female performing these highly complicated and reconstructive procedures and I think that's probably uh hopefully a lot of students look look to that too so I mean, uh, I think the students love it. I just wish, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to post on, on social media just to, to get them to notice what we do and where we do it. Um, so I just need them to, you know, apply to their to the residency program. <laughs> so, then, so then I can spend it, you know? Uh-huh. Yes. Well, which, tell me, which residency program is it again? And how many residents do you take a year? <laughs> So I'm with the uh, Metropolitan uh, Hospital Residency Program. It's through the school, and we take three residents per year. Um, and uh, I mean that's that's basically it. Uh, they do the first year usually um, they do more of the four foot stuff, um, also the floors and um, rounding and all that stuff. Um, but by third year they're with me. Uh, they each take three months uh, and they round and they work up patients. And um, so they really get to follow through. And we do labs all the time because I need them to be proficient in putting on frames and um, just knowing if a patient comes into the ER with them, what to do and um, what x-rays I need to take and and things of that sort. So um, I think that they're really great at um, doing that. Well, awesome. Um, Hopefully anybody listening that's looking to uh, apply to residencies and externships keep oh, a please in mind please guys <laughs> um Heidi yeah let's talk a little more about your fellowship as it was you were the first fellow of the yes. pediatric foot and angle program correct yes so um so yeah going back to to earlier so when I was applying to fellowships, it wasn't out yet. And I, I decided I had to apply to fellowships because I wanted, again, because I wasn't going to join the family practice. So um, so I applied all over the country. I went all over. I went to California, Arizona, Ohio, um, and I came back. And it was, it must have been my second year is when I was visiting. and um, And then I applied and I didn't get in anywhere. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to look for a job. <laughs> so I started applying to jobs and I got one pretty quickly. It must have been in before November or December of my third year. So um, so I was like, great, I'm done, excellent. And probably two or three weeks after I signed my contract with this office, I got an email from my then assistant director saying, with a flyer of the pediatric foot and ankle fellowship and she was like Heidi would you like to because everyone knew I liked peds and I was like oh I was like oh my god I just signed a contract and I was a mess I was so anxious because I was like is this like a sign like should I be doing this but but I was like well you know what it is what it is I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna go back on my word I just told these people I was gonna be there they're already like making cards making signs so I was like, oh, it is. Uh, fast forward to February, we were at ACFAS. I was a third year resident and I meet Dr. Solomon, who's the residency, who's the fellowship director. And obviously I know who he is, but he has no idea who I, no idea. Um, so we get to talking and then we end up going to dinner 
you know how those medical sales reps will have large dinners. So we end up going to the same dinner unknowingly and we sit right next to each other. And cause he sees me and he comes and he sits right next to me. Um, and we were just talking for what, two hours and um, just about life, not even about podiatry. I'm sure some podiatry, but, and at the end of dinner, he asked me, so why didn't you apply to my fellowship? And I said, well, why did you just put out the applications three months ago like i'm already i'm already in my end and he said well why are you answering my question with a question um and long story short um we he he offered me the fellowship right then and there on the spot he's like if you want it it's yours um i guess some people had applied but he didn't find anyone that he i guess vibed with um and and I went back home and I visited and I loved it and it was amazing. So I told my job and they were, they were understanding of it. I'm, I'm sure they weren't very happy about it, but it is what it is. Um, and no regrets. It was the best, it was the best year of my life. Um, and then after fellowship, I joined the practice that I did my fellowship with. Um, so I was there for about a year after fellowship um, and then COVID happened. And uh, just there were too many doctors, too little patients, and um, the owner, one of the top, the top doctor in the office, was very nice. Um, he was like, "I know that your your mom has a practice," and it was within the um, like the ten mile radius. So he said, "Don't worry, like you work with her, and we'll we'll make this work, and you know you don't have to." Don't worry about the non-compete and um and he let me work with her part-time during covid because i wasn't working like we were barely working so i started i started at the office in july of 2020 and then i started there full-time at the end of 2020 um and left on happy terms from from the other i still i refer them patients all the time i talk to all of them i just saw I just saw one of the doctors. We were in Mexico. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> we were in Mexico uh, two weeks ago, and he was on the same plane as us. So uh, we said hi and everything. So, so and the rest of history. Um, again, had had this had my fellowship not happened, I I wouldn't be in this practice right now. I'd be with that group. Um, so I think everything happens for a reason, and very fortunate to be able to to be here and. I'm not making millions, but um, uh, <laughs> yet, <laughs> yet, yet. yet. <laughs> um, and I was very happy that she joined the practice. Yeah. And so I was happy that she didn't join the first practice. I love stories like that too. Like when it's like fate kind of almost that you're like, this is, was it supposed to happen? Like nothing was forced. It was just your, your path. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it almost seems like that. Yeah. Like it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Irma, working with your daughters, and then maybe you guys have like family dinners as well. How do you separate the work from the family aspect, or is that really hard? No, really. Once we leave the office, and it has been always my my way of being. Once I leave the office, that's it done. That we don't talk about the office no more. When I was doing residency, the same. When I was studying, the same. Once I left the school or once I left the residency, went home. There was no residence. There was just home. I don't know. It was kind of like that. So now I retire. I don't know if you heard about it, too. <laughs> you, ret- you retired? 
Yeah. I'm kind of retired. I'm, I was retired <laughs> and they made me come back. <laughs> well, oh, so did you retire and then you had to come back or are you officially well, kind of, but now right, I'm just doing billing and, and doing counseling and all the things, but I'm not in the office anymore. Wow. I'm retired. I moved out. I'm in North Carolina. They are in New Jersey. You're, you're living the, I, uh-huh. as my, I love my practice and I love uh, clinic and <laughs> surgery, but I always joke that I want to be the first stay at home podiatrist and I haven't <laughs> figured it out <laughs> and you did. So congrats. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I, once I got out of school in 2008, after my residency, I, I was an old, an old podiatrist and I said, I'm not going to work for another younger podiatrist than me. Why? No, no, I don't want to do that. And, and that's how I built my office. It was very, very slow. And, and I wasn't. Yeah. What's uh, your biggest uh, uh, tip for anybody that's like myself coming out and wanting to start their own private practice? That's Any- what I was asking you when I we just started the conversation. How do you do? It's impossible. I don't know. <laughs> Unless you have <laughs> your rent. <laughs> A little, you know. I think just being there, you know, like the, the, the thing is with my mom and having the office right where she lived, if a patient called in at night and said, I want to be there, I have an ingrown toenail or I'm coming from work, but, um, you know, nobody can see me, uh, or even on the weekends, the the people just knew that we were there. So anytime, if they know you're there, I always answer the phone. It was Sunday. Oh, you can come in. That's okay. It's my way of being is that you have to be for the patient. And that's how they start getting to know you. And so once Heidi got in and they saw how I was, they, the people love us. They did. And it's, it's also, and we also are bilingual, which is great for the area. So it was, it was just being in the office that makes the office. If you, you have to be in the office, got to be in the office. It doesn't make sense to say, ah, oh, today is Saturday. No, Saturdays I don't work. <laughs> I'm, in, to work. I'm in for some Saturdays once I once I get into this. <laughs> the only way people are going to know you. Yes. All right. Well, then we'll move into the final thoughts and questions that I like to ask each guest. So we'll start with Irma, then we'll go to Joanna, and then we'll go to Heidi on these questions. All right. So first things, what is something outside of podiatry that you are currently learning or um, doing? I love gardening. I just, that's why I moved here. I got a house with uh, one acre and I'm gardening from seven o'clock in the morning to I was until they decided I have to go back to building. <laughs> we got to keep your mind going, mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, now <laughs> yeah, we're doing you a favor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you got to keep with it, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then so, yeah, I, I'm doing building like four hours a day. And then the rest I'm going out. I said to them, I need to go to my garden. Can you have to go? Yeah. <laughs> I love planting and, and oh, good. growing. I love it. What, Irma, what is a tip 
that you wish you could tell your younger self either pursuing medicine because I know you have uh, had a different practice in Peru, but also just pursuing a career in medicine or podiatric medicine and surgery? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, my father was a doctor. So it's, it's there. I didn't have anything else like hiding. It was nothing else where I could go. <laughs> you guys so came from family of medicine and it's all. Yeah, my husband a doctor and, and then I, I don't think I would choose choice uh, choose anything else. That, that's all I I always wanted to be, and I am. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right, Joanna. How about you? What is something you're currently uh, learning outside of podiatry? So I like to do. I'm very artsy. I like to take old things and make them new, kind of like my legs, <laughs> the charcoal feet that I do. So I do a lot of DIY. Um, and I, so I have two different Instagrams. I have my own personal one and then I have <laughs> the other one. But the, the personal one is like for family and then all the little, little tchotchkes that, that I make. And I like furniture, painting furniture and just making um, it looked like that. And I also like to, um, to paint and draw. And uh, that's always been a passion of mine. And I think when I was younger, it was between art and podiatry, to tell you the truth. I always had the, that passion. I love my art classes and, um, and, and pottery. And, and, and so like when I retire, I always aspire to be one of these old ladies with a long braid and just doing pottery outside and art. That's kind of what I want. <laughs> I love that. But you're right. There is a pattern there. Like you're an artist, yeah. a surgeon, and uh, on the side as well. That's um, so. And then something that I'm learning right now is how to make a TikTok video because it takes forever. <laughs> it does. That's what, yeah, TikTok. Funny. I have a, I, that's how I know I'm definitely in my 30s rather than my 20s because like it's just slightly different than Instagram and I'm like I can't do it yeah and the <laughs> reels and how to get the, I have no idea. At the right time I just don't even I, my 12 year old is helping me <laughs> what's a tip what's a tip that you wish you could tell your younger self about pursuing a career in um, dietary um, I think, I think, you know, cause I always kind of, you know, I think as women, we're always, we feel like medicine is maybe, maybe not so much now, but more of like a men, a guy's field. Right. And I always, I feel like going back, I would just tell myself, you can do this and you're strong, you know, um, just don't give up. I mean, I, I did it, but I felt like sometimes, um, you know, it, it was, it was just kind of so hard to just keep going. Right. Um, but then at the end, it's just such a rewarding thing that you have built and have made. Um, and just, you know, just having a patient come in and say, thank you for saving my leg. And I mean, that makes it all worth it. So um, just you're stronger than you think. Um, and just keep doing what you're doing. And if you do that, I think, you know, you can't go wrong. That's beautiful. That's wise words for oh. sure. And I needed to hear that today. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Heidi. Yes. What's something you're currently learning outside of podiatry? 
Um, I'm learning how to be a chicken farmer. So um, I have uh, hens. I have 22 hens right 22. now. 22. 22. And um, currently four of them are broody is the term. So what that means is they want to uh, hatch eggs, but we don't have any roosters. So but they have no idea, right? It's like in them. So they sit on the eggs all day, all night in hopes of hatching them. And they obviously won't hatch because they're not fertilized. And um, so I'm trying to knock it out of them because when you have a broody hen, it kind of disrupts the whole flock. So now more hens, be so it started with one and now there's four. Um, so four of them are currently locked out of my coop up there um, and they can't get into the nesting box because I, I'm trying to, you know, uh, get them. And they also, when they're broody, they don't lay eggs. So I haven't gotten eggs from them. So four eggs a day for almost two weeks, that's over two dozen eggs that I'm losing out on. So, um, so yeah, so I, so uh, every day is a, a learning day for me with these chickens and I love them. Um, hopefully one day I'll have a farm. Business with that. She's selling yeah, it. Stephanie, <laughs> Heidi's an entrepreneur. She sells her organic chicken eggs. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. That's uh, what's the, do you have like a, right. Sorry, what was it? The going rate for a dozen eggs? No, no. What's your company name? Oh, yeah. My company name is, um, so I have two dogs. I have two golden doodles and um, one Harley and Chase. So my farm, my future farm will be called Harley and Chase Farms. Um, and uh, that's the name on my eggs. I got a stamp and it says Harley and Chase Farms. Yeah. It's so cool. That's, I've, okay. So do you have all, are all the chickens named? Do you have a name for each chicken? So in the beginning, well, we started with five. So this happened during COVID, obviously. Okay, yeah. So May of COVID, oh. we were like, let's get chickens. Um, so we had named all five. And then slowly, as you'll, if you start to um, <laughs> dive into the chicken world, you'll soon learn that everyone starts with five and everyone ends up with 22. So, um, so I had them named initially and now... I, we really only have two that we still call from their names. The other ones, we know who they are. We have a bunch of different uh, breeds. So some are black, some are brown, some are white, some are um, multicolored and they all lay different color eggs. So blue, brown, uh, light brown, dark brown, white, pink, uh, green. So that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know about that until she, she said, oh, I'm going to get rainbow eggs. I'm like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> you get them? Do you share the, share them? No, she sells them, Stephanie. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure 101. You're right. Like, that's just good business. Yeah. You know, she's very soon, she's going to sell the compost of the food of the chicken. Yes. She sells everything. <laughs> Yeah. I like, I like it's a, you, you know, that's just like sawbones. Like somebody found some sawdust and was like, what can I do with this? And right. then, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a million dollar business. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Heidi, what's a tip you wish you could tell your younger self? Um, I guess kind of piggybacking on what Joanna said. Uh, <laughs> fake it till you make it was something that I didn't really start telling myself until my second year of residency. And I wish I would have started that way back in school because um, 
yeah, there were lots of times where you feel like you're not, you know, gonna <laughs> succeed. And uh, there was a lot of insecurity. And I think during my, definitely during my training, I was a lot more stressed out. I, I stress would, and then I would get headaches and, and everything. And, and it wasn't until honestly recently, but more towards the end of my residency and even fellowship that I was just, I was like, there's no, there's no point in really stressing out about this. Like do your best, always do your best, show up early, um, always stay late. And this is the only time in your training and in your life that you're going to be able to do this. And, and then, and then with the blink of an eye, you're working in your own, you're in your own practice, right? So everything changes. So take it all in. Um, and when you get a little scared, just, just fake it until you make it and, and you'll do, you'll do great. So and call your mom. <laughs> call your mom. Yeah. Always. <laughs> That's honestly perfect advice. And I think a lot, like whether you're student resident or an attending out there, like it applies to us all and something that we probably need to do daily. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, uh, it was so, I had so much fun uh, talking to you three and getting to know a little bit more about like your family practice. Um, we talking to you too. Yeah. Before we go, I, on, in the show notes, I'm going to put where you guys currently practice in case anybody wants to refer patients or wants to reach out. Is there a place where you guys would, whether that's Instagram, email, that if anybody wants to reach out that I could add that? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely my Wayne foot doc is where I get a lot of people just reaching out to me. Um, Heidi, I don't know, through the office um, on our website, uh, uh, yeah. we have a contact us button. So Alps, Alps road foot and ankle is our website. And, um, and yeah, they can contact us there. I don't know. Our email is also very long. I guess they could, but it's also Dr. Godoy at Alps road foot and it seems a little, <laughs> a little longer, but um, I think the website might be easiest. And you guys have a really nice website. I checked it out. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like I like the colors and I the- think that was Heidi too. <laughs> Dang it. She's a business lady. Yeah. Hey, I, it's catchy and it's uh pleasing. So oh, I yeah. like it. All right. Well, it was a pleasure and um, would love to have you guys back anytime. So oh, thanks, definitely. Stephanie. So much fun. Let us know, anytime. Stephanie. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Email me at droxman at gmail.com. The address is in the show notes below. And let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast. And remember, stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.